I remember seeing a sign years ago outside of a coffee shop, and it said, if you don't like your story, change that shit. And I sat back and I was like, hmm, what don't I like about my story? My immediate thought, financial insecurity and feeling not empowered. That's the story I didn't like, and that's the story I wanted to change. Welcome to Women Take Stock. Will you kick us in with some uh, teaser music? Sure. La, da, da, la, that's la. totally the wrong theme. You need something a little I'm just thinking more like... Okay, everybody, welcome to our show. Women Take Stock, WTS. We're four friends, all at different stages in our financial and personal lives. Looking to pull back the curtain on the seemingly mysterious, often testosterone-driven world of stock investing. And if four women without business degrees can figure out the market as a side hustle, well, so can you. So join us as we learn basics, buy, sell, scratch our heads, hold our breath, exhale, commiserate, and celebrate, hopefully more of the latter. Maybe we can even make a little or a lot of money doing it. And if money is power, we definitely want some of that too. So simply put, we're going to try to figure this out. And I don't know, maybe we'll be able to buy a nice lunch someday. Okay, so now there's a little jingle, 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 whatever. Tula music. Kitty. The WTS podcast and related products are created for general information purposes only. Visitors should not act upon this content without first seeking appropriate advice from a financial planner, a tax attorney, or some other relevant professional. Any advice that might resemble a real tip is purely coincidental. So now we're going to get real and talk about what we're actually doing here and why anybody would even want to listen. But the short of it is, is that we're four friends who have different amounts of financial stress in our life, and we're trying to figure out how to get some control over it. And this all started back this summer, right? During COVID. It's while well, we're still in the middle of COVID. And I, Jen, was talking to Tula and Tula was telling me a little bit about her friend Dana and how Dana in one day made some money on some stock. And it wasn't even so much that she made all this money. It was more like, how did she even know how to do that? Like, it's such a mystery to me how, how the stock market works. I still, to this day, do not know what they mean when they say the Dow Jones Industrial Average or NASDAQ. I mean, I sort of vaguely know, but I don't really know. And, you know, money's just this kind of thing we all want, but don't understand. And so I was really impressed that this really good friend of a really good friend of mine who has no background in finance to speak of actually was able to get a handle on it and do something on her own, not, not, you know, paying some middleman, some fee or commission. And I say man, cause they're all men most of the time, not all, but many are men. And that this woman was able to empower herself in this way. So Tula, you got really excited when I started getting excited and well, yeah, I think it was a day when we were both kind of feeling down and it gave us both this boost of like, ooh, something positive can happen during the pandemic and you can actually take control of your financial life in a way that can change things up a little bit. I have some minimal retirement investments, but I, I'm in, you know, financial confession time, I'm in credit card debt. And not just a little, but a lot. And so that was making me feel like, well, I can't even begin to figure out the stock market and invest until I get out of credit card debt. But then what does that mean? That means that I have to wait yet another couple of years to get involved in something that could actually help me get out of credit card debt, right? If I, right. If I learn the basics and I... I can make a little money. And that's frankly, I represent almost half of Americans. Half of Americans have credit card debt. And does that I thought mean- you meant because you're a woman. What? 
thought you meant because you're a woman. <laughs> you represent half of Americans. Half of Americans. But, it, you know, does that mean that I should be excluded from participating in a financial tool that 50% of Americans use? Right. No. So I also consider myself a feminist. And so I'm like, you know what? There's there's also a gender gap. Like, you know, more men than women own stock. And I'm like, that's not fair. I'm going to help correct that. So basically, yes, I'm ready to be Dana. A year from now, I want to be able to call up one of you and say, I just made some money on this stock that I researched and sold. And here I am living in in Texas. I'm single. I used to live in New York. I'm here in Austin to kind of help my financial life get back on track. So this is a part of that. Right. And so before we go to our like inspiration guru, um, putting a lot of pressure on Dana here, I'm going to go to Jen because before we even got to Dana and said, hey, join this little thing, we went to Jen because you and I know, well, I know you and Jen. I don't know Dana well, but I'm getting to know her better. And so Jen is in London and has like... JJ, oh gosh, it's so confusing. And let me just explain to our audience that there are two Jens, obviously. And to clarify that, I'm going to go as Jen and JJ in London is going to go as JJ. I'm not entirely sure why we landed on that, but that's what it is. And um, JJ, oh, this is going to be hard. You have a little bit more experience than Tula and I do, but not as much as Dana. So I wonder if you could sort of kick in about like why this was interesting to you and, you know, what you want to learn from it, where you're at with all this. Yes. Well, I'm a native, you know, native born Texan, lived in London for going on 17 years now. For me, I think one of the things that really excited me about this project and the four of us, similar in some ways, very different in others, is that it's about thinking about our finances and, as Tula said, taking control of them but not in that typical way that they tell women to take control of their finances by investing in mutual funds and, you know, getting a really tight budget, you know, no longer buying Starbucks coffees and managing the grocery bill. That it's something that's much more, it's exciting. It can yield better returns. I mean, now you can't get anything from a savings account. I had a bit of money. I started looking at what I could put that into and almost everything i could put i could put money into you know certain financial instruments and at the end of 2 years make something like $12 right <laughs> and then you so, could buy yourself a frappuccino exactly unless i'm cutting back on that because i'm balancing <laughs> my budget um, so i think that's really exciting i do think there's there's such a bias in women feeling like they can get into the stock market and take control I used to work at a financial news website as an editor, and I'm really interested also in the stories. That for me is what's what what the hook is. I'm learning about the numbers and how to look at a company and analyze all the numbers that it provides. But also, I think the stories are what really hook me in, and so I'm looking forward to that. My situation is a bit different. I used to be on quite stable financial ground. I got a divorce. There was some other related financial upheaval that basically has taken me from being in a pretty stable position where I could predict my finances over the next 10, 15 years to not being able to do that. And that's pretty stressful. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there, especially with COVID, dealing with that. 
of having to regroup and think about their finances in a fresh way. And anyone, especially women going through a divorce, financial inequality is built into divorce. Mm -hmm. Women's income goes down usually (sighs) when they divorce. So yeah. So I'm looking to hopefully make it go the other way. And I have to say that that that's a perfect segue to Dana, because when you talk about looking at finance in a fresh way, well, I can't think of a fresher way than, <laughs> than our friend Dana over here. So Dana, I mean, I just love to get a little background about who you are and how you got started in this, that you've now become our, our light and our guide. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, have, I have no financial background. I'm more of people person, although very much an introvert and and an artist at heart. I think anything financial always completely turned me off. And I just eschewed any conversation about that. I pretty much ignored investing and any financial advice anyone would give me. I immediately moved to Manhattan after college and pretty much started going into debt and really getting accustomed to the idea and this like weird comfort zone of living Uh, hand to mouth and month to month. And whenever I had any savings, I would spend it. I did not ever think five years out. I was always thinking a month in advance. I would have friends as I got older who were like, let's go to the Hamptons this summer and let's rent a house. And I'd be like, it's September. Well, how are you thinking about June now? You don't know what's going to happen. So that mindset has dominated my life. So way fast forward to recently, my hook is money because money actually does by happiness to a certain extent. And I know people, that's not a very popular thing to say, but you know what, when you can pay your bills and you're not freaking out and looking at your bank account and doing things like I did, like spreadsheets, you know, day after day, year, year after year, trying to figure out, can I actually move next month when my lease is up or having to shift money around or take advantage of balance transfers to really just live a normal life? That's extremely uncomfortable. So I think I have firsthand knowledge that money does buy happiness in terms of the ability to survive and just be comfortable. And I think as a a single woman who's never been married, I have a child on my own who I now share custody of with his dad and I am female. So a lot of things make me slightly less empowered than maybe a man in my position. And I was just really tired of being in that bottom rung. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing a sign years ago at a coffee shop. It said, um, if you don't like your story, change that shit. And I, I really sat back and thought about that and was like, wait, if I don't like my story, what don't I like about my story? And, you know, I live in New York and I, you know, have my artsy background and I have cool friends that speak all these different languages and I scrape money together and all the things I just described, the financial insecurity and feeling not empowered at all is the story that I didn't like. So, you know, coming up to this year, I guess, coinciding with turning 50, uh, right before COVID, I decided, all right, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to just pop $100 into Robinhood and see where I can go. What, what is Robinhood for those of us? Robinhood is an investing platform, an online investing platform, similar to E-Trade. And it does what you know 10 years, 20 years ago, bro- brokers used to do. It allows uh, for really anyone to invest uh, if they have the money to open an account for $100. Right. And I want to say we are going to get into this too, the different options there are for people who are just getting started about how to get started. Um, But I just wanted to give that a little bit of context. So yeah, so take it from there. I didn't realize it was before COVID, right before COVID. Yeah, well, yeah, a few months before COVID, I think, you know, I had a, my mother passed away in January of this year. And I think some of that 
connecting more deeply with my dad and my brother, I think gave me some impetus turning 50, like I said, to just reconfigure what my, my story is. And yeah, I can change that shit. I do have control of that. And the whole idea that knowledge is power, I've always been really big into research. My current work is based in research and supporting high network families. I'm the queen of information organization and research and spreadsheets. And I thought, you know, why not put all these things together? Like I can just teach myself how to do this. All these finance people that I see on TV or even the high network families that I work for, these people really just got to where they are because they took hold and they did research and they went to school or they you know, hung with the right people or got a job in the right place. And I just decided I can do the research piece. So yeah, $100 in Robinhood gave me the impetus to start researching and just kind of get my, you know what, together. And well, you know, it's funny when you're saying that I was like, maybe yeah, just like as our subtitle, instead of, you know, women take stock, it should just be like, change that shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's what is that? Well, change that shit. CTS is that? Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. But I mean, what, what's interesting here is that we're all like, I mean, I, I didn't really give much of my own background, but I am married with two kids and live in Washington D.C. And I, I'm not worried about losing my house or whatever. But my own personal cash flow situation has really taken a hit with COVID. I'm a independent writer and filmmaker, and pretty much all of my work has dried up. And um, that feeling of not having any money coming in is crushing. I mean, even though I fully recognize the privilege that I'm not going to lose my house or anything, and I'm very lucky that my husband is right now at least employed and has benefits, but it doesn't feel good. And the idea of being able to change that shit and not be dependent also on his job. I mean, I was not brought up to be dependent on a man's income to make my life okay. And I need to know that I can do it myself. And if right now there's not much going on right now in documentary filmmaking, for sure, and writing novels is definitely not a get rich quick scheme. I, I need a, I need another plan. So that's where I'm at with this. I think the, the big question is, how do we get going? That, that is the question, right? And so you figured it out, Dana, you figured out for yourself how to get going, maybe because of your experience with your clients, and you had a little bit more of a comfort level of just jumping in and signing yeah, up for that sure. Robinhood account. Kind of yeah. like swimming in that arena. I'm not one of those sharks, but being exposed to high net worth families. I did grow up in Westchester County, again, exposed to high net worth, lots of money, and you know, the money can buy security at least. Something else I want to throw in, and we can talk about it more another time, but the idea of multiple sources of income mm -hmm. uh, and investing being one source of income, you know, and I think I got into this not thinking like, oh my God, I'm going to save, uh, solve all my financial problems by investing in Robinhood and, you know, making a million dollars in options. It, it was more like, you know, if I can just find another way to generate income, this could be one of those additional ways. Right. So and but to be absolutely clear, I have like, I don't think any of us harbor any illusions that the stock market isn't that different from gambling. I mean, it's like, absolutely. It's like, yes. Spot so, on. so I think we're all trying to be really smart about this. How do we move forward without losing our shirts without being really irresponsible. Yeah, and I think, for example, the gambling analogy, you would never walk into um, a casino not knowing what games they play there, how these games are played, the general rules, you know, how you manage going from table to table. Like, yes, maybe there's a certain like crapshoot involved in gambling, you know, the roll of the dice and all that stuff. But there, there are some parameters that you that you can educate yourself about and follow yeah. um, to to 
when it's coming. So out. let's get started. So Jen, uh, oh, JJ, I'm sorry, JJ, you you had some information for me earlier before we started recording. Yes, I just I just bought my first stock that's come out of this group in our discussions. So, so not- exciting! So what happened? Tell us. <laughs> okay. Well, so I guess it's not soup to nuts because it's I when I sold, sold it. it. <laughs> no, whether I like it's gain or loss, but I've been inspired by some of the conversations here. And I've been doing some research over several weeks and I kept not being able to pull the trigger. And I think that goes back to that sense of, oh, I don't know enough. What if it's a mistake? And I think that psychological component is really important to understand. And that I did have to feel like, okay, I'm going to make this small investment. I bought a single share (laughs) that cost me $131. Mm-hmm. But that, but that's ma- right. That's manageable. The key to like taking your first step, and I think this is what I did as well back in February. Is I thought, <laughs> okay, how much am I willing to lose? Like, what can I put in this investment in this moment that I am comfortable if it just totally disappears? I'm not yeah. going to owe any more, but you yeah. know. And it was for me, it was a hundred dollars at the time. And so JJ, it sounds like for you. was totally manageable. And if it disappears, you're comfortable with that. Yes. And, and also I think for me too, this sense of, you know, in future episodes, we're going to talk about analysts and their recommendations and experts and whatnot, but it was very interesting to, to take all the information that's out there, but then also do my own analysis. What stock did you buy? Um, wait, wait, wait. Before you say that, I take it back a couple steps before you reveal. I want to hear how you did your, re- like, what were your research steps? Because I am about to embark on the journey you just did. And I want to know kind of like, did you just Google stock experts? How did you do it? No, what I did was, well, I know from when I worked at this financial news website, certain certain places I, I've heard of and, you know, Morningstar, Dow Jones and the Wall Street Journal. I'm trying to think what else. You know, I looked at CNN. I looked at Market Watch. I looked at Yahoo. I looked at loads and loads of different websites and read everything. And it was like a certain sector that you were looking at, or yeah. So what what I did was I knew there were um, a couple of different sectors I'm interested in. One is marijuana. Another is gaming. I'm not a gamer myself, but I think. Being a parent, you see more and more how gaming is just kind of baked into kids' lives. It's becoming more acceptable for 20-somethings, 30-somethings. Especially during COVID. COVID, The live streaming that you do with gaming, the more that games act like social media networks. So what do you do? So so, so can she reveal it now, Tula? Is that okay? Yeah, now I'm ready. But that thank you for that because that gives me a sense of like actually I should look into my own life and think about what I think is changing. Yeah, and so basically I went and I looked at the big stock folks in that area, Take 2, Activision Blizzard, these are actually company names. There's a Chinese entertainment giant called Tencent that owns loads of stuff including Fortnite and that kind of thing. I have a pre-teenage son and JJ, we haven't discussed this, I don't believe in the past, but you're thinking it's totally parallel to 
my experience early on when I started looking around thinking like, what is going on in, in my life that uh, is applicable to stocks? Like what in investing and exactly that, you know, I've got my kid online doing everything you're mentioning that potentially your daughter might be doing and thinking like, yeah, this is something to invest in. This is something to take a look at. And even, even talking to my 12 year old, asking him who wants Fortnite, you know, who, <laughs> who wants that game that you're on every single day? So, you know, what's going to happen here is like the big takeaway after we do our whole research into who has the best tips and the best accuracy, we're going to find out it's 12 year old boys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know where the future is. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So anyway, I, so I looked at those companies and it was interesting too, because for example, take two is considered almost overvalued. Everybody expects it to make more and more money, but to get in now, does it make sense? It was interesting because um, reading anal- what analysts say, and then I went back and looked at the stock, looked at things like earnings per share, projections on you know what was going to be coming down the pike, and also looking at things that had happened. So 2018, 2019, this stock did not do very well. They had a big problem where they underdelivered for Christmas for 2018 and it badly affected their stock. But since then, they've rejigged and come out with more things and are moving in a new direction. So yes, the one I bought was Electronic Arts, EA. You'll probably know their little logo. Nice, yeah. Uh, yeah, they do FIFA, they do Madden, and then they also have a big catalog of Star Wars games that are very popular. So yeah, I one share. The thing is, I bought one share, and the thing is, I did start to do enough research that suddenly I made my decision, and I did some more, and then it's like, oh, now I'm only starting to doubt, and that was a moment where I thought, mm-hmm. for me personally, that I needed to either decide that it was a yes, or I needed to move on. You know, it's funny, even though it's not a huge amount of money. So I, I did a similar thing, right, where I was like, what in my life feels like something that could become bigger, I guess, like what's been useful to me during COVID and, you know, CBD oil has really <laughs> helped me. <laughs> and so I started looking at some CBD adjacent stock. And it's funny though, because I've been watching it, this is a few weeks now, and it's not a lot of money that I've put in. But as I watch it every day, I notice that I doubt myself constantly, like, what's that the right stock? It's, it's freaking me out watching it go up and down. And there's yeah, a lot of insecurity around that. All of that is really important to pay attention to. And I that could be a whole conversation we have uh, separately too. Right. I want to understand how to understand that, if that makes any sense. Like I want to understand, and I, I guess this is the magic key is if you know when to buy and sell, but also what does it mean if a stock dips this much or that much? And it's funny because the whole concept of stock is really, you know, at its purest, you're investing in a company and you want to believe in that company. But then there's this whole other thing that happens where the psychology of the entire stock market sort of comes into play. And it's it's very, it's it's hard. It's nerve wracking. It's not my comfort zone at all. And I want to figure out how to get more comfortable with that. Investing like this is not for faint hearted. It's not for a reactionary personality. Like there's this, this conversation about paper hands mm-hmm. and you, you paper hands, meaning like you sell, you react very quickly to um, your stocks going up or down and you sell when they go down and you end up losing money because you didn't just sit and hold. And mm-hmm. you see all these guys on wall street years ago, this, you know, they're screaming and yelling and they're, you know, whatever the floor is, that crazed mentality and the, you know, the wolf of Wall Street. But 
I think a lot of investing involves being calm and taking you know charge of your emotions and not being reactive and reactionary. So tell me if I, I may have misread this, but I swear to God, I saw somewhere that investment groups that are run by women tend to perform better. They do. That that's that's yeah. Which is okay. so, I, and maybe that is sad. Maybe there is like a, I, I don't want to like totally simplify this, but. I want to believe that maybe there is something about our intuition, our ability to kind of see the world in more nuanced shades. Um, and creating a support network where we can bounce ideas off of each other right. and, and support each other and like, no, it's okay. You don't have to sell that because it went down $20 today. Right. Or maybe men, on the other hand, would have much more hyperbolic and reactionary responses. So maybe. You, yeah. you guys are inspiring me. So for our next show, mm-hmm. I will purchase a stock that I have researched so that I can take that first step that you guys have already taken. Well, so I, so I think that's awesome. And so you're saying you're going to research things. And I'm just curious if, I don't know offhand, but Dana, maybe you do, or Jen, maybe you do, or JJ. Mm. It's funny that I'm the other Jen, and yet I can't call you JJ. I don't, I don't get it. But where should Tula start? You know, it just, you know, do you so do we want to let Tula start or Tula, do you want, you know, I do, ready you want, to start? do you want like guidance? Do you want like to, you know, work together or do you want to just do it on your own? Well, I mean, I guess because, you know, the whole point of this is for, you know, everybody to be able to do it on their own with some help, right? Like we're your friends too, all you listeners out there, we're holding your hand. Maybe you guys can give me a few sort of pointers and then I can take it from there. So I didn't really get get into my bio too much, but I don't have kids. I'm a writer. And I don't know if that plays into what stocks I should be like. like, I do think there is something to be said though about investing in things that are interesting to you, because then you're going to be more likely to read about them. It's about the story. So we are all professional storytellers too, right? So I, for me anyway, I think that for me to invest in something that I have absolutely no interest in doesn't really make sense because I I just won't spend time learning about it. Whereas if you want to talk to me about psychopharmaceuticals that are being developed out of magic mushrooms, well, then you've, you've picked my interest and I'm going to read up about that. <laughs> I like the idea of all of us have taking this path to investing in something that we believe in. Jen and JJ, you both bought the stocks you did based on your life experience and what drives you and what you can identify with in Tula. Maybe you should apply that to your life. As you guys are talking, I'm thinking, I love streaming television. <laughs> I love British murder mysteries. I love true crime podcasts. As Dana knows, I'm we're, we're kind of obsessed with if it involves murder, missing people or serial killers, I'm in. So you're going to uh, you're going to invest in weapons industries? Exactly. I'm totally supporting your 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 track of thinking right now. I think that this is like you're on you're definitely on the right. Yeah, in fact, I was just looking over the weekend looking at both Netflix and Disney, because while Disney, of course, is all these theme parks, those are an issue now because people aren't going to theme parks, but longer term, that will bounce back. But with the launch of Disney Plus, it's been so wildly successful that Mm -hmm. you've got some folks saying now Disney has gone from a hold to a buy because they're totally retooling and they've been planning for this for years. And it just so happened to correspond with what's going on. 
But so, so why think- would they not want to do that when Netflix has gone up in the in uh, since March? Netflix has gone from three hundred dollars to five hundred and thirty dollars the share. When you're looking into this, I'd be really curious to know because when I see these things and I see like, what's the point of buying Netflix at this point? It's so expensive. Like you want to be the person who bought Apple in you know 1990 if that was available. Or you want to be the person that buys Disney because it's it's tanking right now because people are freaking out about the streaming. So it's basically anything that's tanking that's a pretty decent company is on sale as far as some like okay. market people are concerned. So, you know, yes, the stock is down, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't buy it. Actually, it means maybe you want to consider buying it because if it's something like Disney. So what I'm going to do is at, based on some of your questions and thoughts, I'm going to research the streaming industry and maybe I'll decide not to purchase for whatever reason and I'll go in a different direction, but that will be what I focus on this week. Okay, so now we need some suspense music. So one thing I was going to say in terms of advice, keying off what Dana just said, you're mentioning Disney is on sale, but that's why even just reading around a company, reading general kind of financial Mm -hmm. news, finding out what's happening with the CEO or what's happening with their overall business, and you read backwards for Mm -hmm. a year or two. And so much of this stuff, it's free. I mean- you mm-hmm. can really get to the know learning is free. Yeah. 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 The learning is free. You can read around a lot of industries and a lot of companies without needing to buy bespoke financial information. And that's something anyone can do. And in a week, you'll be like, oh my gosh, you'll be coming back here telling us, well, I've been looking at streaming services and let me tell you ladies. And that's the exciting bit. You will be more knowledgeable. Yeah. I love, and I love that what you just said about it being free. It's so empowering. And Which is so funny too, because you go to like the marketing world. There's there's so much there that's like, if you spend a hundred dollars a year on this, we're going to get you all this information. You'll be rich, and it's very tempting to be like, oh, it's just you know two dollars a month and all. But but there is so much out there. So th- this is actually a great jumping off point to talk about what we want to talk about next, which is what's an expert, right? Like, yeah, that's a great question because everyone says they're experts out there, and it's like really, if you're such an expert, why are you actually making this newsletter that you sell every week for, you know, $10 a pop, instead of investing money and making, you know, $5 million a day, (laughs) you're that great. Why are you? And there's a lot, there are a lot of, a lot of entities, a lot of folks out there that, you know, hold themselves up as being the experts. And it's like, who, what is an expert? Who is an expert? Just because right, like really, what is the, what is the, the actual success rate of some of these places that, purport to be experts. Are they really all that? And if they are all that, then let's go there. But I, I need to actually know that, right? I don't you want need to, just, to know. I need to know. <laughs> I need to know. So, oh, where are we going, guys? What are we doing? Hold so, on. What, I, so I, I know what I'm doing this week. What do, what do each of you plan on how are you going to further your knowledge base or your make more money in some cases? Like what's what's next for each of you? I'm struggling with, it's funny because, you know, again, like, you know, putting in little bits and I, basically this, the couple of stocks that I bought one is again, CBD adjacent. It's about a distribution <laughs> model of marijuana products and it's a Canadian company. I can't remember offhand what it's called. And another one I'm interested in renewable energy sources. And this was like, a, mm-hmm. I don't even remember what they did. It was something I can't even, but it, it was all, it was just one of these things that I found and it was some sort of renewable energy thing and it was a buy and I was like okay I'll do that so I think for me I I just kind of 
I, I want to look a little bit deeper in those two arenas. So, you know, give me some reveal music here. The good news is that the, I guess it's been a month uh, about that I've been investing through Robinhood. And what's cool about Robinhood is that they have these wonderful graphics that you can check like one day, one week, whatever. And so when I was looking day to day this week, I was losing all this, all this money. I was losing, you know, dollars and, uh, and I was kind of feeling really bad about it, but I just clicked on the one month and I'm actually still up a tiny bit from where I was when I started. So that's nice to know. At one point, um, just to give you some perspective, I think I've put a total of $200 in over the last few weeks. And at one point, that $200 was worth at the highest, it looks like $241. And I thought I was like all that, but now it's worth $213. So, you know, it's kind of fun to watch. And, you know, and, and it's funny because for me that actually like, we're, we're getting into money that's starting to feel like real money, right? It's not, it's yeah. not just a dinner out. It's, it's a couple of dinners out. It's, it's a part of a utility bill. So I think I just want to spend a little time actually understanding the couple stocks that I bought already. Like, mm, what did I do? Right. So, right. So you're going to kind of um, figure out what your next step is, but you're not in any rush to do anything. Right. And if I, I sort of have a challenge for myself that every week I want to put in a little bit, like maybe $25, nothing, again, nothing that I couldn't bear to lose. Right. So am I going to put it into one of the stocks I've already bought or am I going to try to find something else? And I'll let you know how that goes. Cool. Okay, cool. All right. And JJ, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to continue looking into um, a couple of different sectors. And what I'm trying to do now is catch up on just general reading in terms of stock market investing theory and getting a feel for things like price to earnings ratios and all these things, which are terms that I know and I can look up every single time I try and do some analysis, but I would like to get those. I almost need to go through and cram like for a test. So I start to know those terms just by heart. And I think that will really help me kind of understanding companies and understanding the market. Is that so that when you're reading the news about it and they give you that that language, you know immediately what that means. So you're not lost in the terminology. Yeah, I'm... I'm not suddenly going over to Wikipedia to, you know, or typing in a, yeah, a search, like what does blah, blah, blah mean? Which is great. Cause I think like, I think, like we said next week, and we're going to kick into this tease for next week, we're going to really talk about what makes an expert, but at some point we're going to hyper-focus on what is all of this terminology? What does it all mean? What it is? Yeah. Cause I I think you can't really go forward if you don't know the language. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just going to throw in my next steps. I think I'm a little more um, advanced in my investing. I have a pretty solid portfolio with 34% return as of today. Oh my God. Over how much time? Since February. Oh my God. Um, So I'm pretty excited about that. Do you you invest other people's money? Say it again. I said, do you invest other people's money as well? I know, exactly. Okay. It's going to happen from this whole thing. We're going to spend a year doing this. And at the end of it, the three of us are all just going to give our money to Dana. Exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, we can look into like the whole idea of pyramid schemes and how they fail <laughs> and Bernie Madoff. Because that's basically what he did. He convinced, you know, his friends and 
friends and of friends to know. invest money with him. And then women could be pure schemers too, not just hey, equal opportunity, but man. We're not equal opportunity, but we're not going to do that. But I, something I'd like to research is investing in options and doing options trading. Mm-hmm. So my next step is to, okay. Can I just interrupt and say, you may have well just spoken like some Klingon language. Cause I have no idea Mandarin. what that means. Yeah. I, I don't well, know. That'll be something that we can talk about. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's, I just want to make some more money. So that's kind of where I'm going with this. Cause I haven't ventured into anything other than just the regular, the day trading and the, the short-term trading. Right. So options is next. I love awesome. this. We're all kind of at little different phases and it's exciting because I, I get to follow you all, but maybe one day I'll be ahead of you. We'll see. <laughs> oh, look at all competitive. How about maybe uh, one day we'll all be on par with Dana. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the other thing too, that we need to tell our audience is that we are setting up a website and we're going to have an email address. And so we want people to send us their questions and concerns or topics and stuff that they'd like to share or talk about. Hopefully at some point we'll start having guests, but really what we want to come out of this is to really empower other women like us to take control of our financial lives and not to be so scared of it. We can do it. Yeah, seriously. Too, basically. Like, seriously. It's not so cliche, but it's so true. It's, it's so true. Poor regular women who are as amazing as they are, but if they're just regular women, and we can do it, anyone else can do it. So, yeah, yeah that's Amen, it. sister. And now the outro. Awesome. If you'd like to learn more about us and what we do and who we are, or just get in touch with us, you can go to womentakestock.com or you can check us out on our Instagram feed, Women Take Stock, or you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Women Take Stock. <laughs> Yay! See y'all next week. We need we need a groovy tagline. Oh wait, isn't it change that shit? Change that shit. I'd be quite nice. All right, ladies, change that shit. Okay, (laughs) bye.